This is the GSD Podcast, and this is your host, Jeff Kushmerick. Good to go. So I just so yeah. so anyway, wanted to first tell people how we sort of got introduced because I just reached right out to you because of all the writing, and I didn't know if that was like, hey, this week I'm going to write about digital touch or no touch <laughs> or things like that. But as we were talking about beforehand, um, we had done one or two of these with our clients, um, but we really were focused on taking people that were high touch and they you know do less with more. Um, but also like, <laughs> like you've got 85 CSMs for not that much, you know, ARR, like you, we really need to break down the work that your teams are doing and things like that. Um, and those were the scenarios that we're typically facing. But what I really liked is a, you were validating a lot of what our assumptions were on how to roll out a good program, but just seem to just have like, just, just this amazing way of phrasing. And this is what you need and this is how you do it. And, um, and everything. So that's how we, we reached out, um, and got in contact with each other. And, um, is, so is this a passion of yours or it just happens to be like, you feel like a problem that's out there that you think more people need to know about? Oh, it's definitely the last, well, a bit of both, but mm. I really started with trying to solve a problem really. And then yeah. I really got into it. I mean, digital CS has been around for quite a while, but like yeah. you said, there's very little, um, thought leadership, writing, or, you know, just resources out there that validates a lot of, like you said, assumptions. And really, the only way to validate is through experience. And this yeah. is what I've written was really based on my personal experience implementing digital CS in my current organization. And uh, one of the things I also did when I was starting is I wanted to validate whatever it is that I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm experiencing. And I actually did connect with a few of other people in, in this space, one of which was Dan. Oh, yeah, Dan's He was your, your recent, um, guest. Yeah. But, but you know, like there's very little of us. There's a lot of talk about digital CS because like you said, um, especially like late last year where everybody's like, the outlook for 2023 was all doom and gloom, uh, yeah. gloom, right? And then everybody was talking about doing more with less resources. Um, customer success seems having lesser budget. So you need to be able to understand how to handle everything at scale. And yeah. so I felt like this is really, I think a lot of the experience that I've had would resonate with a lot of people who's either just don't know where to start building it because there's yeah. not enough resources out there. Um, or maybe looking at outdated resources, because like I said, it's been around for a while. It's been called yeah. what, scaled CS, low yep. touch CS, so all of these other terminologies. But yeah, like nothing has been formalized or codified for us to really at least follow. We know in CS, you know, nothing is set in stone. It's fluid, right. changing. <laughs> um, and, and really that's where all of this came from, just yeah. trying to solve a problem. Um, Validating through my experiences, validating through other experiences, and hopefully being able to share all of that to to the rest. Oh, absolutely. Well, we, we do appreciate it. I, I you you hit on something that I think really 
I think summarizes a lot of what I'm seeing out there where before it was sort of, and again, just my opinion or my view is that you had people with a sort of a PLG, you know, put your credit card in, you know, don't talk to a salesperson and you, you sign, sign up, you know, congratulations, here's your Slack account or X, Y, and Z. And that was very well known. There would be emails that go out and they would do all these things. And then you had the world of um, sales-led growth, or no, you still do, and and now people are seeing like, well, wait, um, the do less with more, but also efficiencies, kind of blending those two models together. Um, you, you know, Dan's at Monday, and we talked about it, and and um, and they do, they they, I think they went in the other direction. They started off with the digital touch, and then they said, okay, now that we're going to blend in this other model um, from there. Um, so I want to take the approach because I know a lot of people that ask me are 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 at a point where they need some efficiencies, right? They're not in the PLG model, um, or they may be thinking about it, and in they're they're saying to themselves, okay, do less with more. How do we how do we get into more of a either low touch or no touch model, which I do agree with. I, and I just one more anecdote from some work that we've done. We found that. I don't know if you saw this, when we had high-touch customers and we went through and we analyzed all the activities that they did so then we could make a low-touch thing um, or no-touch, it still really helped out the high-touch people, right? Like, you know, for example, not everybody needs personalized training for how to reset your password and set up your account and do all these things and stuff. I'm not sure if you've bumped into that as, as well either. No, but I, I mean, going also to what you said at the beginning, right? PLG, sales led, there's a lot of X led growth, mm. right? Um, customer led growth, um, just, just a lot of this different school of thought. I do believe that whatever your G, your go to market motion is, digital CS will always play a role because typically when you're starting your digital CS strategy, it really starts with self serve service resources, like the content, what are you going to put out there? What is the purpose of the content really to empower your users mm -hmm. to be able to do things by themselves to either, you know, get started on your platform, continue to adopt the platform, expand the usage of your platform or your yeah. services or your, your product. Right. And so it really starts with that. And typically, and in PLG motion, right. That's, that's how you want it. Like you want, first of all, the product to be able to sell by itself, but then also in tandem with that, typically customer success in the PLG led motion is responsible for just orchestrating like that adoption somehow. And digital CS helps with that. Yeah. And I can say that because within my current organization, we're actually a, um, a dual mode of okay. uh, our, our go to market motion is PLG, but also we do have sales led motion. Um, and so I see right now how across the board, what we're doing, digital CS works a lot, uh, works well. Um, and uh, like you said, right, it starts with content, yep. what kind of email, because really I see how you progress. When you're getting started, you create the content. And like mm -hmm. you said, self-service resources, um, training videos, but, you know, not everybody needs that. So um, the next step is personalization. Like, mm -hmm. okay, maybe and there is a subset of, let's say, digital success led motions that's the same across the board you do it things like customer lifecycle emails you know onboarding campaigns we see this every time we sign up with any yeah. new product right like it's it's just you know it helps 
customers or it helps company lead customers to the resources that they need. Um, and so that's that will always be part of the journey. And maybe in the middle of their adoption journey, a few more resources that will nudge them in the right direction um, to make sure that they're realizing value. But then at some point, you have to personalize because, yeah. like you said, you can send the same message to everyone because at some point they're going to be like, I, I want to stop receiving messages from you guys. Right. It's not relevant to me. And that's where you start with personalization um, and using can, can data. Can I just jump in for, make... for a second before we move on to – Yeah, sure. Because I'll forget. Um, um, but this is a common question that gets asked. Those emails, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Who writes those? Right? Okay. That's right. a good point. Because and so, like, I see content marketing sometimes being yeah. CS and sometimes being marketing. Um, and, and so I'd love to hear your pers- your point of view on that. You know what? I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of startups. We're, we're very um, early stage. We're trying to, you know, figure this out. This is actually my – one, two, three, fourth startup in the yeah. last, you know, less than a decade. Um, but, but basically it actually depends, you know, there again, and, and I, maybe this sounds cliche. There's no one size fits right. all. Strategy. But in general, but in general, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like, I am in the school of thought that it makes sense to have it in the customer marketing space, just the customer marketing uh, role itself. However, yeah. like you said, customer marketing, like today, is actually sitting for us in between the marketing team and the customer success team, only yep. because we're at early stage of customer marketing. And customer success, I believe, needs to have a hand in guiding the strategy there because they know the customers the best. Typically, and I find that in startups, you know, marketing is geared towards top of funnel, right? Like, you know, creating the leads over there, marketing MQLs and stuff like that. Um, for, you know, the sales-led yeah. strategy or even PLG motion, right? Um, and and actually what I find is that the customer marketing um, matures later or even gets started later on. And only somebody needs to get this started because typically a marketing, the marketing hat or like the marketing lead usually would wear the hat of, you know, like I said, top of funnel, getting more. Absolutely. And like Angela, I... I love your answer so much, just to show you how how narcissistic I am, because this is exactly what I said <laughs> yesterday. Really? But, yeah, it's like it's it's the exact same thing with those marketing people. Like, and by the way, I was at a much larger company where we had it sit right in the middle, just like you said, because there's like the the dotted lines, because they need to be on point with the branding and the tone and the voice. But the marketing people are are geared. I like like they're in B two B mode, and I view customer marketing in B2C mode, right? So, like, classic thing when I was at Virgin, we'd sell to, uh, like, young brands, and they're trying to get that message out, you know, like, hey, you should buy this because this is what your employer, your employees will see all these benefits, and you as the employer will get these benefits and things like that. The users don't care about any of that, right? They want to know why should they sign up and use this program that their employer is paying for and everything. So you need to create a separate marketing campaign for why it's important for them to use the product, which which is kind of exactly, I think, what we're saying here for, for just the generalized content marketing. Um, so y- y- you need sort of the voices of both. Of uh, And I never found, by the way, those relationships adversarial. I know a lot of people don't like 
dotted lines, but it's kind of like they're getting the direction on what they need to do from CS, and they're getting sort of that branding, imagery, voice, tone of voice aspects of elements from, from the marketing department. Right. Okay. And again, echoing what you said earlier, it's great to have some of my experiences as well validated because, yeah. like I said, there's nothing in the market, like in the industry, telling me this is how it needs to be done. And so to know that, you know, this is the viewpoint that you're seeing as well, exactly that's what's happening right now. I, um, as the one leading the customer success function in my organization, is in charge of the strategy for right. customer mar- uh, marketing. However, like execution, things like drafting the messaging in alignment with the branding, um, execution because we're using HubSpot, for example, for yep. our marketing campaigns. We're also using that for customer marketing. No need to reinvent the wheel. Absolutely. So it's it's marketing's job. Um, and so it's a tandem job to make sure that, you know, there's consistent messaging across the board. Got it. I'm writing a question for later because I don't want to go off the reservation, but uh, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the email triggering later. Um I, I do think it's important um, to go over some of the essentials, um, and I know a big one for you is segmentation. And so I'd love for you <laughs> to tell everybody, like, I believe this is the first, like, my strong thing is, like, you need to get your segmentation in order before you try to do any. Well, oh, yeah. there, there's two things I need think need to happen, especially if you're going to convert, like, hey, we need to go down this road. I think people need to know this is going to take a little while. It's a big project, right? right? I, I found I usually tell people like it's a six month project to get it right. I don't know if that's been your experience or whatnot, but like, you know, if you're taking people that they have jobs and now you're going to say we need to carve out some time to go do this, that's that's sort of what I prep people for. Um, and so when they start asking me about it, I'm like, yeah, just to let you know, that's not a let's get this done this month sort of activity. For sure, for sure. And we're at it, yeah, um, maybe almost a year now. And it's still, you know, obviously we got, we got it running. We, we, we got it from the ground up running, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Like you said, it also started that way with us. Obviously I, I wanna, I, I floated the idea of having digital CS because, you know, we're, we're scaling up and to scale, you can't just say hire more CS. It doesn't work. Yeah, it costs just doesn't. It doesn't work for sure. And so it's like there, there is, there definitely is a way for us to continue to provide the level, the same level of service, personalization without having to hire more people. Um, And so that's really how it got started. And the same thing, like you said, existing CSMs, I have to carve up some of their time to help me with this project to get it up and running. And at, at this point, there is kind of a, it's still a hybrid, like my team is still hybrid. Um, they are not fully digital CS, um, but they're running a lot of the initiatives. And so yep. they kind of like half, half, they're still doing, uh, handling their, some of their accounts, portfolio, um, and, and the SMB segment. And I can talk a little bit about that because I know typically when they say digital CS is for the, the SMB segment, the yeah. only reason why I use my SM, uh, my SMB CSMs to help get started with digital CS because they're already used to scale. So yeah. they have the hat on. How do I engage with my customers, this number of customers at scale? Um, and we're talking have, in the hundred. We're talking in the hundreds, right? To be clear, like they usually have hundreds oh, yeah. of customers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Several Absolutely. hundreds of customers, and so I knew that they have the right mindset for it um, compared to our high touch CSMs, who's very much used to um, a very, very high glove personalized personalized touch because they have 
smaller group, a subset of customers. And so that's really where it started from my SMB um, CSM. Can, can I ask customers. another question on this? Yeah. Uh, and again, no right or wrong way to do this. Um, <laughs> but I've been pretty vocal recently about saying this is not that cheap resource that you pull in. Everybody's like, let's get first year CSMs and put them on digital. And I'm like, they would not know what to do. They need to know how to review data and how to balance their time over 400 accounts. And I don't know if you've got CS ops into the picture or whether, you know, but there's the, the triggers all being set up and like, hey, you, we've run three campaigns and they need some, some touch now and you need to reach out to them. What's, how, how has this worked out for you? Okay. So the reality <laughs> is, in, in reality, right, like you said, expectation versus reality obviously it does make sense that if you want this running like right off the bat you need someone with the experience to do it and i did have that experience and i helped initiate that now however the execution the ones who's really do the execution helping me with just driving a lot of the tasks and um content and all of that um i had to take what i have and like I said, and I chose not, my, my criteria wasn't about they're the junior ones in the team. Yeah. My criteria was, do they have the right mindset? And it's I like it. what I was explaining. <clears throat> the SMB, the right yeah. SMs do have that mindset of how, how do you engage at scale? And that's really the, the main reason why I decided that, okay, typically, as you said, in organizations, the SMB CSMs are the more junior ones. Um, I also have a, okay, this is going to be a, a different topic altogether. I'm not, I'm in a different school of thought where I believe that, you know, SMB, mid-market, and enterprise CSMs are like the same level to me. There's just a different career progression. Like I said, I did grab. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 um, I, I can see that. Yeah. Um, but then again, you're right. This is not an, uh, a cheap resource because to get started, it has to, somebody has to have that experience, which I did. I implemented that already as something similar in an early stage startup as well. I got the resources they need to help me with the execution, but that's not it. We, there's, there's other teams. I have to pull in other teams into this equation. And I think that's where you really see that how it makes sense. If you only had one resource who knew all of this end to end, then you, I didn't need to go work with our RevOps team. We don't have a specific CSOps, rev, revenue operations. Yep. We have a data team, a separate yep. team has to do it. And we have the product team who's in charge of a lot of our in-app engagement. So I have to pull resources from all of these teams to kind of carve this out. But like I said, if there was one superhuman who could do all of this, like super yep. digital CSM, then it would have made things so much better. Um, but but yeah, I guess it depends on where you are in the organization if you have the budget to really get this going. Yeah, I, I have this. It's <laughs> I these questions pop into my mind on those digital CSMs, which is and this is a crazy, but this is you know the stuff that runs through my head. It's sort of like okay, I'm a CSM. I've got 400 customers and everything's running in the background. What are they doing during the day if they're if all your customers are in good? I, I do have that thing popping. I have to answer those questions for my clients sometimes. Like, well, if everything's running great and you're at like 95% satisfaction rating and usage is up and everything, like, what are they doing? I'm like, that's a great question. <laughs> you know, I think people make the mistake that once you get the program up and running, it just runs by itself. Yeah, that's... It always needs recalibration. 
Well, the thing is where I am at right now, as I mentioned, they're still hybrid because we're still trying to figure out the the effort that is needed, the resources that's needed to really keep it going and really maintaining it and con- constantly iterating on it, right? Yep. And so my, my digital CSMs right now is also have their own kind of accounts, but then they're going through the journey. And like I said, right. digital CS for us um, services all our customers, not just SMB. Um, digital, all C- digital CS motions also such as the enterprise, the mid-market. I, I, I love that. That is so refreshing to hear because I, I, I get wound up in it too where I'm like, no, it's two different flows. But I, I think what I'm hearing from you, it kind of that answers the question I had previously, which is everybody's going through this motion. You just might have a different level of service from your CSM. Like, I, you know, the classic triangle at the top is enterprise, on the bottom is total, you know, mid-market, you know. Um, I'm, I'm envisioning there's this, you know, you're splitting up the accounts and maybe the digital CSMs have some people, you know, a lot from the bottom of the triangle, some in the middle, and then maybe one or two. But sometimes people just say, hey, we're going to give that that might be an enterprise CSM and they're going to get some named accounts or something like that. But you're still yeah. reaching out and engaging. With, oh, sorry. Go ahead. But you're still reaching out and engaging with them and things like that. Exactly. So. How it is is we're in my organization just like everyone else. There's you know subset of customers that has a high touch enterprise CSM whatever you call it um, with names named accounts. My SM my SMB uh, segment or SMB segments also have um, our digital CSMs kind of owning the whole portfolio mm-hmm. plus driving the digital CS motion and and program. And so what did they do when, when, you know, let, let's just say. I know they're busy. I know they're busy. But the thing is, not every day you have to like, oh, let's tinker with this email or, you know, like, let's check this and that. Like, it's not an everyday thing. Like I said, you do get it on running, but you still continuously monitor. However, there will be, for example, there might be some engagements that requires um, in your digital CS motion where your customer could respond to it. Um Obviously, when a customer responds, like any of the engagements, automated engagements that we push out, it goes to the actual CSM. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it could be an enterprise CSM that will get that message and they will just, you know, reply and take that forward. Or it could be from their own book. The SMB segment as well have their own books that, you know, they share. And every every time a customer responds, needs additional help really just needs human intervention. Like there's just so much you can do with like automation and Right. Um, content, right? And so there is still that human element. So how we set it up today is that when there needs to be an, any intervention, they jump in for, for the accounts within their, their portfolio. Got it. Got it. This is great. So I think that um, really helps cover the segmentation question. Um, let's talk about, and we don't have to mention specific products, but let's talk about what you think are the bare bones tech stack that's needed to be able to drive this, Right. Um, right. Cause I, so, and let's put a, like a use case towards this to make things correct or just to, you know, for people to understand, like, okay, so let's talk about this use case. Um, somebody, right. Cause like you said, there's jobs to be done that might not be titles, but somebody has recognized that this customer, regardless of segment, um, is not using their product. Right. So, you know, you've got a playbook just loosely called, you've got a set of actions that need to have to happen um, to be set off and triggered. Um, maybe that's an email. Maybe that's a reach out. 
um, to, to, to the, to the organization. So knowing that, and, you know, cause we're not going to get into the whole onboarding and that's, that's pretty easy to, to go through. I like to think about these in these like CS types of actions, right? Like, you know, how to, you know, do the classic, you got a renewal, you got a win back, you have low engagement and things like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if you're, you know, a, an owner, a CS, you know, leader out there pondering this and wondering what they need to put in, cause I see a lot of, startups seed series a and they're going down this route um what do you think of their like you 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 definitely need these tools in place in order to run through those use cases right okay so so obviously like early stage startups let's talk also a little bit through that like kind of just understanding maturity right yeah in the beginning you're probably going to have a certain number of customers it's not enough maybe you have already some a csm in place and that csm it's enough for that one person to handle the whole portfolio that yep. you, know, you accounts, right? Um, but when you start to see that, you know, clients are scaling up, your sales team is, you know, winning more deals or whatever your emotion is, right? Um, there's just more customers coming into the pipeline. You start thinking about just self-service resources. As I mentioned earlier, really start with how do you empower this, you know, big set of customers to be able to, just do whatever they need to do on your on your platform. And so typically you start with like content, like um, a knowledge base. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, sometimes the support team um, is involved in this more often than not, right? Um, and the, the thing is, um, where I am today, I lead both success and support. So I have, okay. you know, oversight over, which, which makes things diff- easier as well. Yeah. And so um, a, a knowledge base, you start making more interactive content like training videos. Yep. Um, and then you start thinking about, like I said, lifecycle emails. We don't even, you probably at this point don't even know who is not using your product until, yeah. unless you already have a very, very robust um, system in place. But like I said, we're starting off, right? So I would say um, some external, it could be a, a, a page on your website um, that points to an FAQ or yeah. starting of a knowledge base, right? Um, yeah. I don't know, by the way, I was on a, on a webinar with, um, Christine Faltasero and she was like, okay. Oh, I just built this Google site. And it was exactly what you just said. Like, <laughs> right, just, just rolled it out. Like, you know, don't have the resources <laughs> at the time. So I just rolled out a LMS on, you know, <laughs> exactly. Like put all of these somewhere that's easily accessible for all I know it could be a Google Drive but you know it must be somewhere where it's very easy for you to share to your customers yep. right so start simple like it could be that um, or some other people would use some type of wiki or to yep. set it up you, you don't even probably want to invest in an LMS that early right. in time yep. typically I do feel like support um, a support ticketing system already is happening typically that's what the offshoot of customer success is right they start with you do everything and then you know, oh, kind of 100% right everything. and then right. they realize people aren't renewing because they're doing support tickets all day long <laughs> exactly so <laughs> so once you have that put your FAQ in the support portal it just makes sense so whatever it is that you're using for your um, support ticketing just utilize whatever you have and then as you start to look at the, the next phase that I would usually think you'll need is just an, a customer lifecycle email drip and so you start thinking about probably a marketing email tool right um 
things like HubSpot or because right, not too many of the CSPs have the email marketing tool in their system. Like you know, that's true. Yeah. Or I'm I'm saying that use that because typically your marketing team already has this. It's one of the things that they would usually you know invest in first. Yeah. Um, for all of their motions, right? So use whatever your marketing team is doing for sending out emails. Yeah. That's what I would do. That's a good point. They're used to the templates and setting up the triggers and the campaigns and the sequences and things like that. Right. Whatever that is that they're using, you can use it, repurpose it uh, for, for your, you know, your email engagement, basically. And then you start getting into data. You want to have visibility on data. What is your product team using to track data? So again, you can see that I'm trying to figure out what are the existing tools that you can leverage before right. you invest something that's specific to CS. And the reason why I'm very deliberate with that right now, because I've learned my lesson investing in a tool because I was, you know, I in, in a much more advanced startup, we had all of these like CSP, all of this platform. And, yep. and then I went into an early stage, I invested on it and it was a big mistake. So I I started to become very deliberate with when do you invest at the beginning? Yeah. And so look at what the other teams are using. So what I find, for example, in a current organization, they're using user flow first because we have like in-app engagement. Yep. So just just use that instead of maybe finding another tool that, to invest on that's doing the same thing. Because once you have disjointed tools, the, the next problem or nightmare you're going to have is that there's, the data is not, you know, there's no one place to pull all of the data that's feeding from this. Right. Um, if you're, you already have a marketing team um, that's doing this tool, but then you're going to invest in a separate marketing e- email tool, for example. And so that's one. Or um, what if you have a data team that I guess it really depends on your maturity, right? Is there is there any way for you to get like the product telemetry data in the back end? Right. Um, so I find that in startups, they would usually build this in-house. They would like have their own internal data warehouse. And, and I'm saying this is important as a tool set because you need data at some point yes. for the personalization part, right? Um, now I know I, I'm, I'm running into the same problem I was just saying that there's a lot of different tools that you need to work, needs to work together. To be honest, and, and I, 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 if anybody can tell me or advice on this, I haven't seen any one tool that can perform every single thing that you need to do, like I said, um, very efficiently. So I've seen one, um, and I'm about to start using it. I, I hate sounding like a advertisement for, for, for something. Um, but um, uh, Churn Zero, I've heard, has the email templates. You can take the usage data in, um, and, and and by the way, if anybody's listening to this and other platforms do this, please let me know. Um, but um, you know, sometimes I work with a customer and they already have this, you know, the stuff in place, and they also have like a snippet of code that they can just basically start getting all the user data from. But your your it has to be an application that uses that type of technology as well. But they're essentially saying, drop this five lines of code in to get the usage data in. And that they also have, you know, the health score, which can then trigger off uh, email campaigns and things like that. Um, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, sorry. Thank you for correct. Because funny enough, I have implemented Churn Zero in one of the startups that I've had. And I think I just have not fully explored the potential of it. 
Um, but I know, I remember they have like the email, you know, system in place. Some of this is newer too, like in the last year or so. Yeah, absolutely. So that's probably why, but ah, good to know. Good to know. Because obviously at some point in time, you want to pull all of these in together either. And and that's the thing. It's up to you, I guess, is to pivot, especially if digital CS is within obviously the realm of CS. Do you really want all the data to be present? Like in different tools that you have to borrow from like all, all the other teams, right? Well, that's but a great point. That's a that's a great point because I feel also when I talk about turns out maybe for a little people are down the down the road a little bit more. Um, yeah. And and um and they've also sort of standardized as the CRM as the source of record for a lot of things. So where I've seen people use a turn zero or a gain site more. Everything's going through Salesforce first and, and, and then it's getting, and then you're integrating your CSP with Salesforce at that point, or it's, it's mostly Salesforce. Um, I haven't just sure. seen it with HubSpot recently, but, uh, or any of the other ones, but, um, I, I feel like people start moving down this. We're, we're essentially talking about a, a capability maturity model for CS. Right. And now we're at that sort of, you know, late teenager. Um, <laughs> you know, elements Our where teenagers say, oh no, the, the late teenager phase. But but yeah. no, I agree. I, I guess I, what I wanted to just make sure it's very clear, right? Like depending on the stage of your mature company maturity as well, um, you may want to like in the beginning, early stage, you're still setting everything up. I really, I would say, technology is the last thing I'd yes. like to invest. You yeah. want to get the process right, um, maybe probably the, even the people component right before you even hire the technology part. Um, but obviously, we know how technology will make things much more efficient. It's yeah, efficient. no, it, it's, a, it's a great point, though, because some people just think dropping tools in is going to make everything work. But you, you really need to yeah. do that, that upfront work. To, you know, I, it's, it's not easy. I've sketched it out. I, we've got, like, you know, <laughs> spreadsheets with, like, 15 tabs on them. And it's, it's a lot of things to think about when you think about a whole complete CS program living even for a, a, a light touch mode as well too. There's just Agreed. a lot to go through. Yeah. As, especially when you're just still trying to introduce digital CS into the organization because not every, mostly people in the CS space would understand what digital CS explain this to somebody outside like to their product, oh. you know, marketing, what is, it was yeah. very tough to like, what is digital CS? How is it different from CS? Um, and so when you're just still trying to get started um, and trying to prove the the uh, impact of of that program, it, it's really hard at the beginning to get the buy-in, right? And to get obviously the. So you got to go to the C- you got to go to the CFO and show the impact on employee count. Exactly. And so <laughs> so I have to be very deliberate. And like you said, that's the mistake I did as well. Like I I. One mistake was I wanted to do all of the self-service sources. I invested in a CSP, and I realized how time-consuming it is to even get to get it started. And like three months down the line, we haven't fully utilized it. And because you need one person, just like how Salesforce needs a Salesforce admin, a CSP yep. will need its own admin to get everything you know, integrated and all of that. So it's, it's really, yeah. And, and, I, and that's a good point. Cause I, I will say for that large company that I was talking about that I worked for before, we didn't have a CSP at the time that we did, like, they were putting Gainsight in when, when we left, um, when I left, excuse me. But um, we did a lot of this for many years by looking at usage data, 
reaching out to the market, customer marketing. It can be done. Yeah, it can be done. I think it's 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 also it's it's a good point to realize that everything we're talking about with tools and everything just makes it more efficient. Um, but it's just essential to know the roots of what needs to be done with the segments, the activities that need to happen, the, the playbooks that need to, 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 to be going on and things like that um, before you start getting into like this tool and that tool and things like that. So that's true. Yeah. That's true. But I mean, the reality is in order to get automation going, there needs to be a tool. I'm, I'm saying that um, do you want to just first leverage whatever is available and before you really um, you know, invest in a whole different tool. I think, you know, this is exactly oh, yeah. what I going to say here. I, I am curious, are, are you using other types of tools? Um, and this is a, a, a tool as in a tool in the toolbox, not technology tool. Things like office hours and uh, webinars. Webinars. And, yeah. Definitely. Uh, especially, uh, I like you said, like to engage uh, a big chunk of customers, Try to look at how your high touch approach is, right? And figure out how you can do that at scale. That's really how my mindset, that's kind of how yeah. we started it, right? Because especially, like I said, when you don't have any playbook out there that really outlines what you need to do, you have to think like just practically. So we know that high touch customers need onboarding. So usually you have a kickoff call and, you know, go through like the onboarding phase. How do you do that at scale? Yeah. Training the customers. So typically we would leverage webinars to, you know, a one to many like training or series of trainings to go guide them through the motions. There's still a person guiding yeah. them and instead of Obviously, there are also self-service tools, but we do know, depending on the complexity of your product, you may want someone to still be interacting with your customers to walk them through. And our product yeah. is uh, kind of like in the more com uh, kind of mid-complex size, when, especially because it needs to be integrated with other existing uh, yeah. tools. Yep. So you want a human element to it. Um, and you, like I said, that's why digital CS needs to coexist in tandem with, you know, a lot of your human approach or human touch so webinars for example so we haven't i think office hours is something that we're going to try to explore as well i've um, i've done it and i'm just going to say like the companies loved it absolutely yeah. loved it right i i have this concept that may sound a little crazy but <laughs> um if done correctly i think it could you know, it's not for everybody, right? First of all, I also think it can really increase sales. I combine a bunch of these concepts that if you blend, I'm blending a bunch of different concepts together, right? So I remembered the sales team like, hey, Jeff, um, we're trying to get our end of the month numbers in. So can you, this is when I ran implementation. So like, can you run, uh, can you write me an email saying we only have two slots left available for our April cohort? Um, of we only have so many slots available to onboard customers. And then you run it like one of these classes, like, hey, this week we're going over integrations. And you have these like monthly cohorts. And then on Friday, we're going to have office hours. We're going to go over all, you know, any questions you might have with integrations and things like that. And so you've got this sales accelerant, like, oh, you got to get in by, you know, March 31st, because April 1st is when the first, co you know, the first meeting kicks off. And then you're just running it in this, okay, Go watch this video, um, you know, you know, go do X, go do Y. And then any questions on week one activities, 
um, go in here. Now, again, does not work for everybody. Some people just need to go log in and do what they need to do in, in an hour and get in, in there ready to go. Yeah. But when you, you know, so for that blended sort of enterprise, but not too complex, you're not maybe having to do like data cleansing and all that fun stuff. I don't know. I, that, that worked out really well, but um, you have to find the right kind of slot for that. That's true. That's true. No, but that, that does make sense. Like you, like you said, there's really a subset of just people in general who wants, who doesn't like to read, like, yeah. you know, doesn't like to read the instructions and they need somebody to tell them what to do. And I think, yep. um, you know, like instructional, like uh, instructor led kind of, or whatever, like, like hosted sessions like this just also brings that human element. And like I said, it, it's always different when there's that human touch and intervention. Yeah. Um, when it comes and to on the other side, there's a lot of people out there like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so here are self-serve resources, do it yourself. So yeah, you're, you're servicing, like I said, like a variety of segments and not talking just about enterprise men market as in like segments with how people, people want, how they consume data or whatever. Right. So the, and it, on that note, um, ah, I can't remember where I learned this, but uh, I, I heard a great quote about when doing segmentation, it's not necessarily, it's what you just said, it's not necessarily the triangle reverse sort by ARR, right? It's how people want to receive your, it's like a relationship, like, you know, the, these people are very, you know, of the level. They don't want to go on QBR, for example. We, we know that. Like, yeah. Don't contact me. I don't care about attending this QBR. I have. Yeah, and so send me a loom. Let me know how I'm doing, right? Like, <laughs> kind of like that, right? There's, there's your customer, and it's very hard. I can imagine, and and I'm not saying I've done this already. I just know how it works with even our enterprise high touch customers. It's very hard to engage with like somebody who invested this much money and they don't want to attend these meetings. They don't want to get in touch with us. Right. It does happen, right? Yeah. Um, because they're very self sufficient. Like we're used to implementing all of these kind of tools. We know it. You could just give us all the resources. That's done. So you have to meet your customers where it ma- where it makes sense for them. We, you know, like like you said, like they don't want to be engaged. Maybe you ask them how, what is the mode of engagement that you want? How often do you engage? I mean, we're digressing a little bit outside of digital CS and just the whole. Yeah, but it all gets wrapped into there because there. I had a question around that of, around how do you make sure that renewals are smooth, and then that walks back to you, you can't run 400 QBRs as a um, you know. So do you have a like a digital QBR um, sort of? Uh, so. I, I, this is something that we're exploring as well, you know, because our digital CS is not as mature yet. Um, we, in a sense that we haven't touched the whole customer life cycle. We're very good at the book ends. Typically yeah. that's where we're that's good true. at, like the renewals and, uh, no, the, the beginning, like the onboarding and then the renewals because we want them to renew again and where we struggle a little bit. And, and, and that's also how I see the maturity, uh, the maturity progression of digital CS. You start with both ends. Yep. And then you start like in the middle. How do you continuously engage with them? You, you um, want to remove the valleys, essentially. One of my customers, basically, that they, that was the problem. They're like, great, the book ends, but so many valleys. Can we just cut the bottoms of these valleys out, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and and yeah, like you said, digital QBRs. I've I've been hearing a lot of this, and and I'm trying to figure out what is the most efficient way to do this. Obviously, data needs to be involved on an automation of some sort, but it's something that we're also investigating. Um, Like I said, yeah, like renewable conversations and more, especially in the long tail, like the SMB, um, we typically like 
just renew, especially because they have a credit yeah. card on file or something like that. But again, there, keep in mind that although digital CS is meant to be automated, like, you know, like I said, almost no touch because that's really how it is, right? You're automating the engagement. There always needs to be a human element. And what we're trying to do is we don't have to do that human touch point every single time. We let digital CS do it. But when it matters, when you feel like a customer is stuck in the middle of whatever, yep. that's when you signal to your CSM that, hey, it's time to jump into this account, whatever their segment is. And so what I'm saying, like, whether that it will be a renewal conversation, even though it's an SMB, we would mm-hmm. still jump into a conversation with that's the customer great. to help them. Yeah. I feel that this will there will be some great AI, and I'm not trying to be funny with AI, but I think there will be something that can come out and walk through all the indicators of value, right? Like, you know, you, you wanted, you know, 30,000 users to sign up. You're at 35,000 users, like check the box. Like I, you, you wanted your usage to be here. You you know, you're not going to get into the, the sort of secondary, like how do you feel and have you gotten the value out of it? But I feel like you could really streamline, send out like a five, 10 minute video of like, this is how you're doing. Um, and then follow up or personally or, or have your, your CSMs come in and maybe record like a quick intro or a summary or something right. like that. Um, and I feel like I, I don't know if it was like a fever dream, but I feel like I've talked to somebody that had been working on this or seen this product. Um, I have to go back through, but like, it's, it's definitely going down that road. There will be somebody to, to, to kind of put this together. So. I wouldn't be surprised, right? Yeah. I feel like that's something that can, yeah, with the technology that we have today, AI, chat GPT, that's yeah. definitely possible pretty soon. Um, I'm excited for that, actually, because that's one thing I haven't been able to crack, and we're still trying to figure out how do you continuously engage with customers. So even with our high-touch customers who don't care about, you know, have, jumping onto QBRs, yeah. um, we need to still show them the value somehow, um, and that's what we're trying to figure out as well. Yeah, you're taking that data from the – the, the ops people, right, with the usage, yes. coming up with some type of summary um, and then being able to message that out into an easily consumable fashion. I feel like I've seen, you know what, now you're, like I've seen, if I ever find this, I think I may have seen some, some similar tool. Yeah. I'll maybe like send it to you via LinkedIn yeah. if I remember, but I feel like I ran into something and I remember I might have sent it to my, one of my digital fears. Hey, take a look at this. It says you can do. Yeah. And that's, I feel like this, that's like, I'm not making there. this up. I feel like I've, I've heard <laughs> it in conversation or yeah. Let me find that tool. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And um, that's great. Well, I just looked at the time and w- this has been amazing. We've gone over a lot. There's a lot it flew of. By. Yeah, you know. Um, so let's, let's, uh, so thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to put all your, your, you know, LinkedIn stuff and everything like that so people know where to find you and everything. So now, and people may not know this, you're, you're, you're in Thailand. Like, what's the season? Because usually in the, in the States, I'm like, okay, it's like springtime in Boston. What are you doing next? Um, like, what's your big, fun thing for, for the, the springtime coming up. Well, we don't have springtime. This yeah, is this really only two seasons, yeah. wet and dry season. <laughs> um, it's actually starting the start of the rainy season uh, over here in Vietnam. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it, I typically during the rainy, it, it doesn't rain all throughout. It's actually not that bad. It just rains specific time of the day. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, I typically there's nothing much you can do. I guess you wait until most, and also because we have very limited like public holidays here, 
Um, so uh, nothing much. I actually, I knowing that the rain season is coming just last week, I went to the beach and try to, you know, take advantage because there's a lot of. Okay, and how long, how long does it last in Vietnam for, for the, uh, for the rainy season? Probably half a year. Uh, oh, wow. Kind of like that, kind of. But like I said, it's not that bad, bro. I'm originally from, I'm originally from the Philippines. It yep. rains all throughout and there's typhoons and like hurricane in yeah. the equivalent in the U.S. Um, so, so it's not as bad as that. So you could still go randomly take an out of town trip anytime because it doesn't rain throughout the day, especially in the south, southern part of Vietnam. So yeah. It's still good. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy the rainy season. Um, because <laughs> you. you're used to it. So it's, it's, you know, people get depressed around here when it rains for more than two weeks. So, uh, so. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're used to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so thanks so much. Just hold on one second. I'll stop the recording and then we can follow up here. So there we go.